Welcome to the Chicago Business Review, where we introduce you to some of the most successful and sharpest minds from my hometown, Chicago, so that you can find out the secrets that have helped these professionals achieve massive success. If you want to accelerate your growth in your personal and professional life so that you can do more, have more, give more, and ultimately live the life you've always desired, then sit back and stay tuned in because you are in the right place. I'm your host, Young Lee, and you are listening to the Chicago Business Review. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Business Review. I am your host, Young Lee, and I am so excited to bring on our guest this week. So this week, we have Justin Breen, who is the CEO of the PR firm Brepic Communications and the (laughs) author of the number one best-selling book, Epic Business. Justin is amazing because he is hardwired to seek out and create viral, thought-provoking stories that the media craves, and he finds the best stories when he networks with visionary entrepreneurs and executives who understand the value of investing in themselves and their businesses. That is so great because that is in line with what we are trying to do here with this podcast. Justin believes strongly in the power of introductions and creates important relationships through those introductions. He is an extremely active member of the Entrepreneurs Organization, Strategic Coach, Secret Knock, and Provisors. And he has an incredible global network of visionaries and exceptional businesses. Brepic is a PR firm that writes compelling newsworthy stories for its clients and pitches those stories to media across the world. Brepic clients have included Allstate, the University of Illinois, Salvation Army, Safe and Fair Foods, Influitive, Everspring Education, McCormick Foundation, Morgan Stanley, and the list goes on and on. I am so excited to bring on our guest, so please Help me in welcoming Justin Breen to the program. Hey, Justin, how are you, my man? It was a heck of a long intro. ILL, hey. welcome to my backyard. I I and I, that's right. So another thing that me and Justin have in common, other than seeking out personal growth and being better and networking with great individuals, is the fact that we went to the greatest university <laughs> on the planet. U of I in Champaign-Urbana. So, Justin, thanks so much for taking the time and being a guest on the show today. We're so excited to have you. Very happy to be here and uh, let uh, folks know more about what I've been up to. Yeah, man. So, I know you've had a uh, a journey throughout the process, which we'll kind of go over. But right now, I wanted to kind of highlight, um, you know, just what you're doing with Brepic. You started it, I believe, in 2017, and it's already like a global powerhouse. Yeah, blowing up. And you're filling a niche as well as a service that is much needed in today's um, social media and just 
technology driven world here. So it's an incredible thing that you're doing, merging the two and still incorporating traditional uh, media outlets and getting that publicity out there. So I'm so excited to dive in. But, you know, I wanted to ask you, so what does a typical day look like for you as the CEO and founder of Brepic? Yeah, it's a good first question for sure. You know, uh, most of my day, not all of it, but a good part of it is talking to um, entrepreneurs around the world. And, and most of them, not all, but most are running high six-figure to 10-figure businesses. And I'm like a sponge. And uh, it's just great just listening and learning uh, from all these amazing people. And, um, you know, a very short time built a successful global company because when you talk to people like that over and over, you just see these patterns emerge. And uh, the one pattern that constantly sticks out is it's a surprisingly simple formula for building a successful global company. Like really simple. It's you see a problem, you create solution to problem, problem solved, successful global company. So that's what all these entrepreneurs have done. And that's what, you know, my firm has done in the PR space. I was a journalist for 20 years and created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So saw a problem, <laughs> created a solution, solved it, successful global company. And, um, you know, when, again, when you interact with people at a, at a certain visionary abundance investment mindset level, it just creates endless opportunities, endless synergies. And, and for me, it's endless fun because it's in my zone of uh, superpower genius zone at all times. So none of this has worked for me at all. It's just fun. That that's incredible. And I think that, uh, that you had so many great nuggets in there in terms of just, uh, abundance mindset and doing something that you love to do. And then like you were saying, success is simple. It's just not easy. Like it, the blueprint right. is there. It's just, you have to do the work to do it but well so that's think, an interesting oh, point so yeah. yeah so the the what i said and it, it really is simple what um what it takes is execution and so again i talk to very high level folks around the world every single day monday through friday five to ten times like you know a day and so most entrepreneurs not all but most of them have very high quick start where they're like, boom, 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 boom. They have all these ideas, but they have absolutely no or very little follow through, meaning they can't follow through on what they say. That's why they hire a bunch of people to follow through on their visionary wackadoonies. So I'm the very, 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 very rare entrepreneur that has high quick start, boom, 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 and high follow through. So I just follow through on my own quick start. Say it, do it. Say it, do it say it, do it, hit the gas, pump the brakes, hit the gas, pump the brakes. And so I'm fortunate in that way that my brain, that's just how it's wired. So I can say something and then execute it, say something, execute it. It's not say something, then it just floats away. And so that's, that's been a huge reason why my company has been successful. So, so quickly um, in the grand scheme of things, it's a little over three years old and it's always been sick. I mean, it's literally been profitable since day one, but it's it's mostly because I do what I like to do and what I'm good at, and I have a high quick start and high follow through. So I just say it and do it. It's very simple. Yeah, and I can definitely attest to that because as soon as we were introduced by our mutual friend, immediately Justin reached out, 
and the next steps were in place right, right. away. Execution. And, uh, and then I wish you guys, I wish we recorded uh, our time that we were just getting to know each other because there were so many incredible nuggets during that time. And right. Justin, again, was very willing to give and willing to connect me with other visionaries and entrepreneurs because right. that's what he was saying is that that's how you grow a business is you network, you share um, the abundance mindset. And when we were chatting before, when we weren't recording, we were mentioning uh, something that Grant Cardone said in one of his books that, you know, if you take a bucket of water out of the ocean, will anyone notice that that bucket of water is gone? No, because there is an infinite supply of abundance. Endless. Yeah. But so many people think, oh my goodness, if I take, then someone else loses. Or if I take, <laughs> you know, it, there's not enough to go around. And that's that scarcity mindset that I feel like cripples people from really growing and achieving their greatness. So thanks so much for all of those bits of wisdom. I know we're going to have a lot more during this time. So, uh, so I know you do PR, you help businesses get attention from news organizations when you're bringing on a new client to work with what does that process look like how do you guys vet one another and then how do how do you get started i guess right excellent series of questions um so again i saw a problem created a solution to problem solve problem successful global company so the problem i saw um over 20 plus years as a journalist was being repeatedly annoyed hundreds of times a day by uh, getting useless press releases via email from people I didn't know. So these press releases useless, meaning they provided no use to the journalist. They only served the client or the company. So my firm solution to that problem is my firm creates newsworthy stories similar to what I did as a journalist it becomes a link on the client's website under news or blog so it looked like a story you see in the Daily Herald or Sun Times or Tribune or New York Times or wherever and I take that link and pitch it to media locally regionally nationally and internationally if media is interested put them in touch with the client contact that's it's all on my website there's no hidden tricks or gimmicks or nonsense like that and it solves all the problems so the beauty of that is it works for any business size any location any vertical me personally what my business does we only work with visionaries or exceptional businesses and those people must have a visionary abundance investment mindset so the process is exactly the same and it works it works for anything as long as they have that mindset if they don't have that mindset during an introductory call it goes horribly wrong very quickly um, <laughs> there's nothing to talk about um, I don't even bring up what I do unless someone asks because that essentially has nothing to do with it. It has, it's the byproduct of having a matching mindset of abundance investment visionary. And then people like that are just attracted to what I say and what I do. It's like a magnet for attracting the top people in the world and then everyone else with cost scarcity mindset, they're repelled by it because they're, like you said, they're crippled by whatever that is to prevent them from being one of those other people. So. A lot of entrepreneurs get themselves into trouble because they try to be everything for everyone. And my company is the exact opposite. It's one superpower, genius, high-level, global thing for one type of person. So I know my tribe. I know what I'm good at and what I like to do. And I just eliminate all other noise and nonsense. And it's just fun. 
Yeah, no, and uh, you and me have a similar thought process. I'm also part of a coaching organization. I seek out mentors. Of course. And uh, yeah, and it's so important. And Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, always talks about a growth mindset and how important that is for success moving forward. Number one thing. Yeah. And if, uh, and if they don't have that, it's very hard to persuade somebody or teach somebody if they don't have it. Right. So I don't even, that's just, people are like, don't you want to help everyone? I go, absolutely not. I mean, some people don't want to be helped, which is fine. I mean, but again, I'm not everything for everyone. My company's one very high level thing for one type of person. And there's no persuasion on anything. The the people that we do get along, they gladly invest because they're visionary investment abundance mindset people. And then those folks, for the most part, they know what they're good at and what they like to do. And they've built successful companies by investing. And then when they're not good at something or they don't like to do it, they just hire somebody to do it or they invest heavily in experts like me and my firm to do it. So <laughs> again, it's very simple, but like it just weeds out nonsensical thinking for me and only attracts people that that do get it and so again those people usually but not always are very happy in their lives they spend a lot of time with their families and and their companies are very profitable not revenue i didn't say revenue i said profitable there's a big difference between revenue and profit so no that that's for sure yeah no i went to a uh, conference and they said uh revenue feeds the ego profit feeds the family that's right. So revenue is yep. a term that's literally, it's just driven by ego. And, um, exactly. So yeah. I, you know, I know a lot of companies, you know, five, 10 million revenue and that, and I go, so what's your profit? And then this tumbleweed slowly rolls across the screen, even though there's no screen, but it's, or no tumble. <laughs> but I'm yeah, going to have so to get one of those there. The tumbleweed. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I'll get that for an effect for future episodes, but, uh, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yeah. Good idea. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, so people are going to have to listen to this at least twice because Justin's just dropping so many universal truths here. And it, I think when you try to serve everyone, you serve no one. So you have to know who you want to serve. And when you do that, you know, some people aren't going to want to work with you, but you Most figure out are. who, yeah, but you figure out who your tribe is. And the people that want to work with you that are like-minded, that's when you can really grow and create something incredible. But when you're trying to please everyone, you end up pleasing nobody. So that was another amazing point by you, Justin. And uh, you have so many incredible nuggets in your best-selling book here, Epic Business. 30 secrets to build your business exponentially and give you the freedom to live the life you want. Justin had kind of touched upon this, but please, if you guys don't have a copy, go on Amazon, order yourself a copy. It's a very easy read. Yeah, there it is. It's a very easy read, but it is filled with incredible value. There is not a page in here that is wasted. So you're definitely going to want to check this out. But, yeah, the book uh, is exactly how I talk. There's no, <laughs> it's just direct, boom, 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 boom. There's no, and this yeah. is how I talk off camera too. Like there's no, this is just how I am. So. No, and exactly. And that's 
why people that you work with are attracted to you. There is no fluff. There is no like, <laughs> definitely not gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> this is hey, this is me. If you like it, great. Let's work together and achieve greatness together. And if you don't, you know what? That's fine. There are people out there. I feel like the biggest problem people have is yeah, they're too worried about what other people think of them, or they want to please everyone. <laughs> And that's just a recipe for failure. Now, you have 30 secrets in this book. Yep. If I had to put you on the spot, which one to three of them do you feel like is like the foundational principles that are that people just need to get right in order for anything else to happen? Yep. So uh, there's one from my perspective, and then there's one from what other people have told me. Uh, they're both in the top three, but I'll talk about the one that, that I think is the most important. Um, and that's do what you like to do and what you're good at. Um, we've talked about it already a little, but um, my company is so focused on doing one incredibly niche thing at a super high level that it serves the right type of person who understands that. And um, because I'm so focused on that, it eliminates noise and nonsense. And more importantly, none of it's work for me. I like to do it and I'm good at it. So I think a lot of folks in society as a whole are miserable with what's going on because they're for two reasons. One, they never find out what they actually like to do and what they're good at. And then if they actually do find it out, they don't ever do anything about it. So if you were working in a job or doing something eight to 10 hours a day that you didn't like to do and or were not good at it, then you would be miserable likely. I mean, that's a significant part of your day to do something that you don't like to do and or are not good at. So that's the number one thing from my perspective. From what folks that have read it, the number one thing they said that have, they've gotten out of it is the chapter that says only work with people who look at things as investments, not costs. And there is a very, 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 very big difference when someone asks you, what do you cost or what do you charge or what does an investment with your firm look like? If someone asks me, what do you cost or charge within the first five or 10 minutes, they are immediately disqualified from being in my network. I don't tell them that, but it's just organically happens because those folks are strictly looking at things in a transactional way. And my entire company is based on providing real value and creating real relationships with people. The byproduct is um, transactional. So when folks ask, what does an investment with you look like? Those are the people that have, for me, not for everyone, but for me, those are the people that have the right mindset and they look at things as an investment and don't mind investing more money because they want results. And so here's the other byproduct of that is people with a cost scarcity mindset, they hang out with other people with cost scarcity mindset because mindsets attract mindset. So if a cost scarcity mindset refers you to someone, it's almost certainly going to be to another person with cost scarcity mindset. People with a visionary abundance investment mindset, they hang out with other people with visionary abundance mindset because mindsets attract mindset. So then those people will just introduce you to other people that think like that. And so you meet one, then you meet two, then you meet four, you meet eight, then you meet 16, then you meet 100, then you meet 200, then you meet 10,000. And what my company is on a higher level of thinking is tens of thousands of people like that 
and we're just constantly introducing each other for mutual gain. And the byproduct is I'm constantly getting intros to companies around the world that want to hire my firm. So there's no gimmicks. There's no sales funnel nonsense. There's just create value for people. They create value for me. That's it. No, I love it. And as you can tell, those two were incredibly impactful tips for anybody looking to grow their business or any part of their life. And again, it comes down to your mindset, the way that you think, the way that you believe in stuff. And uh, I love both of those points because you said, you know, do what you love to do and what you're best at. And then it doesn't feel like work. And there's a reason why you have these skills uh, embedded in you. And so you got to figure out what your genius is and focus on honing that skill versus trying to do a million different things. When I first got into real estate, uh, I tried to please everybody and I tried (laughs) to work anywhere anyone wanted me to go. And you realize quickly that uh, you become a slave then to what other people want and you're not in control of your own destiny. And then you start becoming resentful uh, you don't want to do the job. It's yep. not good. Once I switched my mindset and I'm like, you know what? This is me. I know what I bring. I know what I'm an expert at. I'm going to present that out there. And the people that want to work with me, great. The people that don't want to work with me, there will be other people <laughs> that come along. Yeah, there's plenty of people, but again, you got to get over that scarcity mindset of like, oh no, if I lose this business, then what's going to happen? You know, it, it doesn't work that way, but you got to get that through your head. And then the other thing you were talking about with the few people as partnerships and investments, not cost, like Mm -hmm. that's was such a revelation for me. When I first started coaching, I remember I went to a seminar and the gentleman, Tom Ferry, he came up to me and he was like, hey, you should come to our conference in California and join our coaching program. It, it costs this a month. And I was like, I don't pay anything. <laughs> I don't pay anything that amount. And so I didn't jump on it. It took me a year to figure out, you know what, that's an investment. That's not right. a cost. Once I pivoted and joined immediately, immediately Mm -hmm. my life changed because now I'm with other like-minded individuals that are investing in themselves. You're in the right room. They want to invest in you. You know, they want to help you and they want to help themselves. They're trying to grow. And the best way to grow is to provide service to others. And that's what you were saying is like, that's what my company is. It's tens yeah. of thousands of people like that. It's not yeah, and that's, uh, yeah, and you immediately, when we first started talking, you were like, oh, you should talk to this person. You should talk to this person. And then, mm-hmm. again, what you were saying, like, thought, action, thought, action. And then immediately, mm-hmm. as we're talking, I'm getting an email in my inbox with Justin right. introducing me to other people. But it is all, like, just networking, being around other individuals, and guys and girls, I'm telling you, that was only two points of the 30 points in this incredible book. So again, if you have not gotten it, 
epic business by Justin Breen. Please look oh, out for there. it. Hold it up again. Yes. There, there you go. Look at that. Look at that teamwork we got going on. Right there. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? I, I mean, again, there were so many great nuggets. I also loved your first chapter, prioritizing family time over work time. I have four children. I know you have two sons. Um, And our families mean so much to us. And you know what? I'm going to kind of embarrass you maybe, Justin. But Justin was even recognized uh, by media outlets because him and his wife decided to go on 52 dates in 52 weeks. And that just kind of goes to show just how important family is not only to um, your own personal life, but to the, your success as a whole. So I would love if you could share a little bit about how that came about, Justin, and why you guys decided to do it, and maybe some of the benefits you saw from committing to um, doing something like that with your spouse. Yeah, so my whole life is I don't do a ton of things, but if I do do them, it's all in. And so that's writing the book, my company, spending time with my family. So um, start of 2018 or end of 2017, I I came up with the idea. I'm like, oh, you know, um, my wife's a pediatrician. Our first date was the day before she started medical school. So went through that whole process with her. And so we never really got to quote unquote date. And, uh, you know, we have two sons. And uh, so 2018, I'm like, let's go out once a week without the kids. And uh, again, so if I do something, I, there's, I just do it. And um, yeah. she didn't think we could do it. Um, but I'm, and again, if I do something, I do it. And um, so at the time, I don't know, I had 35,000, 40,000 followers on social media. And so I was just like, oh, I'll just, it's kind of fun. Just post some photos of us each week. And and so it just kept building momentum. There was no attempt at all to get publicity. I, I just thought it was cool. I knew it would inspire people. And so um, Mary Schmichu, I won a Pulitzer Prize with the Chicago Tribune in, in May of that year. She said, hey, if you get to the end of this, I'll do a column on this. And, you know, the last second to last week of this, I'm like, okay. I mean, I was going to finish it anyway, but that was more inspiration. So um, we finished it and so mary went to dinner with us one night and then she did a column and then what happens with my clients a lot of times is that media outlets do a story and then other ones see it and they want to do their own version so that mary schmich column led to the today show doing a story on it the national show on nbc and other tv outlets and we're on live tv all, all sorts of stuff um but the main thing was just to spend time with my wife because we've never really, you know, even before kids, we really didn't get that opportunity. Um, I was working as a sports editor. She was in rotations or medical school or residency. And that's a very, those are two passing <laughs> ships in the night. So yeah, great, great experience and uh, certainly made our relationship stronger um, and uh, would certainly do it again. Um, it's inspired a lot of people to, I I couldn't tell you how many married couples, especially the, the, uh, wife would message me saying, how do you get my husband to do this? I go, I don't know, (laughs) but they're like, uh, they were, they were like, well, we've been married. We'd never go on dates without the kids. So it inspired people to 
start dating, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, I'm by no means am I a dating expert, but uh, uh, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, no, and I, I, that was one of the things, I mean, as you guys heard from my intro of Justin, he has so many accolades, but uh, that was one of the things that really attracted me to have him on the show was uh, his commitment to his family and to his wife and trying to really focus on those things and really know what's important at the end of the day. And like me and my wife, we try to make it a point to still uh, go on dates alone without the children because it's, that relationship is so critical to everything else operating and running smoothly within the household. And if you don't if you're not intentional about nurturing that relationship, you then just become caretakers that like are roommates and take care of these children. And then 18, 20 years later, when they all move out, you're like, uh, I forget why I even like this person. And so you guys did it and you did it because you saw the value in it, not because you wanted publicity, but again, <laughs> what you were talking about, uh, do what you love to do and then it doesn't feel like work, but you got the benefit out of it because you did something that you were passionate about and that genius came out that other people saw and recognized and they wanted to make a story about it. And so again, just kind of walking and living by example, what Justin is trying to do for his clients. And that's what's so amazing about that. Now, I know you were saying uh, before you were a sports editor for DNA Info and your wife was in med school, but I wanted to kind of take a trip maybe backwards a little bit. Right now we know all of the things you've accomplished, but uh, when you were going through this journey, uh -huh. there, was there ever a period of time where you doubted yourself or <laughs> you were like, you know what, I don't know if I made the right choices and <laughs> how did you overcome that? That's a pretty funny question. I know you weren't trying to make it funny, but yeah. <laughs> if, uh, if every, again, so I talked to very high level people around the world and not 99%, 100% of them have been through at least one of the following for you know, a couple of things, depression, high, insane high levels of anxiety, bankruptcy, or some horrific kind of traumatic experience as a child. And uh, like, so if you can't handle that kind of stuff, don't become an entrepreneur. Like this is not sunshine and rainbows. So I do a lot of self-assessment tests and, uh, did a really interesting one recently. It's called the uh, print. It's called the print test, just as it sounds. And it tells you your subconscious motivators. So you've got like an mm. iceberg. It's like 250 bucks. I easily would have invested a lot more. It's well worth it. So you got an iceberg. Wow. Yeah, well, right. This is what I yeah. learned. So iceberg, yeah, yeah. The, the, the print test is what's under the water, your subconscious motivators. Like you see a little bit of the tip, but under the... So anyway, my major um, subconscious motivator is to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. And so I have my entire life, I have been, and I mean, I knew this anyway, but this validated it and scientifically 
my entire life, I have been had an endless drive to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. And so that is, is and can be very helpful for being an entrepreneur. So, of course, there was doubt. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, if you can't handle overwhelming amounts of rejection, I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So if you can't handle that type of rejection, don't do this. But that said, my subconscious motivator is I have an unending drive to be self-reliant, self-sufficient. So I will never give up ever. Like it's not, it's not in my vocabulary. It's just not. So, and I've been like that since I was very, 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 very young. And uh, for being an entrepreneur, that's a very good attribute to have because most people aren't, are, they're just not cut out for this, this life, which is fine. The world needs more integrators and implementers than visionaries um, to follow through on all the visionary wackadooness. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I guess I asked that question and it is kind of funny when you ask it to entrepreneurs because it's such a, almost ridiculous question because of course you're going to have gone through some doubts some trials along the journey people don't only see the end result but they don't understand the amount of like stress and anxiety and the roller coaster yeah. that it is to be an entrepreneur and so part of it i ask just so that people see like, look, if you're in it right now, you're not alone. Like it, it is not that everyone else that's successful just had a easy path to where they got to. No, no they went through, yeah, they went through so much pain and heartache and doubt to get to that point. But the second part that you said is you have to have that resiliency. You mm -hmm. have to believe more than anyone else about what you're trying to achieve because you're going to have naysayers you're going to have haters you're going to have people even close to you yep. that are going to lovingly air quotes <laughs> lovingly tell you that you are on the wrong path or what are you doing or you're throwing your life away uh and so you have to have that resiliency to to get through it. And we just want to make sure that the people that are in the journey, that you're not alone, that to get to the destination that you want to get to, you're going to have to overcome a lot. And if you can't deal with it, or if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or starting a business, please know that you're going to go through a lot of rejection, a lot of hate, a lot of doubters, um, and if you're still passionate about it and you want to see it through, then you know that that's the right path for you, which is, again, part of knowing what your genius is and knowing what your strengths are. So that was awesome. Uh, now, you were saying also that you were a sports editor before, and mm -hmm. I'm a huge sports fan. Mm -hmm. And I love everything, Chicago sports, collegiate sports, uh, any sport, you name it. What was, uh, just to make a pivot, what was uh, like your favorite sports to cover when you were in that period? I mean, 
It's an interesting question now because uh, I barely watch TV now. I barely watch sports. You see enough of that, you stop. And I'm so passionate about connecting people on a global level and running my company and spending time with my family that, especially now since COVID, sports are so silly. Um, <laughs> like, you, like what, what are we doing here trying to play sports in COVID? But I get it. But, um, I, you know, I, I really liked covering college basketball because sat courtside. It was usually very loud, and you had the band in the student section behind you. And, you know, high school sports are great, but when you get to the D1 level, it really thins the herd and uh, much higher level performers. And um, so really, really enjoyed that. But um, it's the, the interesting parallel there, and I'm, I am glad you asked that question in this regard because – super high level like olympic level or pro level or division one level athletes very similar mindset to becoming success successful there as it is to become a successful entrepreneur there's almost no you just like people see the results in a game but they don't see the work that went into it they don't necessarily see the practice or the two or three a.m you know working on your dribbling or on your slap shot or whatever and uh i was talking to this billionaire venture capitalist guy the other day and by no means am i a billionaire venture capitalist but he and i have the, literally the exact yeah. same mindset. yeah yeah well i don't care about that if that happens yeah. great but whatever that's uh -huh. not my goal but um so i was talking to him and he and i are basically separated at birth the exact same brain and um I was telling him, I'm like, yeah, you know, people see all the success I'm having, but they didn't see me at two or three in the morning when I had zero clients and that, you know, I was in a cold sweat, panicking and that kind of stuff. And he's, and he said the exact same thing. He's, you know, people ask him all the time, why has he been successful? And he's like, well, when you were sleeping, I was putting in the work. And so that's, that's it. Like, this isn't just some like magic formula. It's like you put in the, you put in the work, you, you, you put in the time, you learn from great people, and then you get results. So it's no different than being, a, you know, being coached if you're an NBA player than being coached or mentored by an incredible entrepreneur. It's the same exact thing. I couldn't agree with you more. The sports parallel to succeeding as an entrepreneur, it's like there is no overnight success, even <laughs> with like bands or business anything anything it's like you know how many gigs bands have had mm -hmm. to have played in dive bars and right. or how many times they practice that same song over and over again or yeah. like i'm an avid tennis player and now i play with people that you know just started out or mm -hmm. haven't played their whole lives and they're like oh it seems like it just comes so naturally to you. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I had a coach that used to grill me and constantly made me work on basic form for hours and hours and hours. And right. no one was there seeing that part of it. Mm -hmm. And so they think, oh, yeah, it's easier for you. And then the other part that you said that was incredible is like the coaching. It's so true, whether it is a sports team or an entrepreneur, there's no difference. You need that coaching. You need that mentorship. You need yep. those outside eyes that can tell you. Like Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, needed a coach. Like there is no one out there. Lots of them, not just one. 
yeah, that doesn't need a coach or a mentor mm -hmm. to provide that guidance. And those people, you know, just see things that you might not see because you have either blind spots or mm -hmm. it can help show you the path for your greatness to achieve quicker. So my mentor always tells me like, I want to compress time for you. So like what I learned in 10 years, I want to pass along to you in one year. And again, that's an investment. That is not a cost that I'm paying because now I'm accelerating my growth because of that relationship. But if I thought of it as like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much he's charging. Now, I wouldn't have had the benefit of learning and growing at an exponential rate compared to if I tried to figure it out on my own. So the sports analogy, the coaching, the practice that no one sees is such a great parallel for uh, entrepreneurship and running a business. So thanks for taking it down that route. That was awesome. Uh, I know that you guys do PR and you help your clients um, get more brand recognition and just more notoriety. Um, would you say that the building your personal brand is more important or building the brand of the organization or both? Like, what are your thoughts on building your brand yeah yeah i'm so i'm gonna laugh when i say this because every time i say it i laugh even while i'm thinking about it i laugh so when i first started <laughs> oh man so this is how my brain's just when i first started i was not my brain wasn't evolved like this and i was not hanging out with the right people so i was talking to this this pr hack <laughs> and he was telling me Oh God, this is just, it, it, it bothers I'm the highest D on disc you can imagine. So I get annoyed very easily. But so <laughs> he was, he, he told me, he stress it, told me, and it's like, number one rule of PR is that you don't talk about yourself. And I'm like, what? Yeah, right. So, right. Number one rule of PR. So this is someone who's, you know, small time hack and slash corporate communications, never really, you know, so anyway. I'd laugh every, this is years ago and I laugh every time I tell it because I'm like, this is not a visionary. This is someone who has no idea what they're talking about, but it's like, I'm someone, if it was literally just left up to me, I'd live in a cave in the middle of the mountain somewhere. But how the world works is um, people want to know who you are, not really what you do, but if they care about who you are, they will care about what you do. So I am me personally, I'm constantly branding myself constantly in the media byproduct is it's incredibly beneficial for me but also for my clients because i do a good job in, in media ops or speaking gigs or whatever and then the hosts or the person running the event they're like wait you work with people like that we want to talk to those people i go well, yeah that's the only type of people i work with so then my clients do the speaking ops or they get on shows or whatever and so um I guess what I'm what you call an ambivert. So there's extroverts, you know, love talking all the time. And then there's introverts live in a cave and I'm an ambivert, meaning like if you get me talking about this, I'll talk nonstop. But if you get me talking about what's on TV or whatever, the answer for me is dust. I mean, that's what I'm watching on TV is dust. So there's, I don't really care. So, um, 
But with this kind of stuff, I'm so passionate and I love talking about it so much. I'll talk nonstop and I'm the biggest extrovert ever when it comes to talking about entrepreneurship and connecting people on a global level. But part of that is branding yourself. And so not having your own brand, like, and especially me, like I run a PR firm where I'm helping people brand their, their companies. So why wouldn't I brand my own? Like that would just, it would, wouldn't make any sense. So I'm telling you that story because it's like when I first started, that was the type of circle I was in where it was just lower level thinking, not visionary, not, you know, really being uh, proactive and doing cool things. And now with all the people in the world that are doing those kind of things and I've just kind of risen with the tide. No, that's, that's so great. Yeah. My mentor again uh, says the same thing is, you know what? If people don't know who you are, they're not going to care about what you do. And that's that's right. pretty much exactly what you said as well. Is like, But if they know who you are and they like who you are, now they're going to want to work with you because, again, what you said before, uh, you attract your tribe. Right. So you're not for everyone, but it's almost better to know the people that are not a part of your tribe. Much better. You're like, great. Hey, good for you. You guys move on. And Simplifies everything. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to appease everyone, you <laughs> know what? it just makes it way more confusing and you're going to become successful much later in life. But if you're not out there, especially in today's society, trying to build up your brand and your personal awareness to the public, like no one else is going to do it for you. And Gary Vee is such a great example of this. He has built up his brand and from building up his brand, he has now been able to venture off into selling sneakers or selling right. wine or making his own management company as well. But it's like, because he built up his brand, you can now diversify but without people knowing who you are, knowing, liking, and trusting you, uh, it doesn't matter how great you are at, you know, being an attorney or being a doctor or a CPA. Like you could be the greatest at whatever your profession is, but if no one knows you, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. And uh, you know, I I really have appreciated our time together this has been like so helpful i can't believe almost 50 minutes has flown by like this and i want to be respectful of your time but were there anything else that uh you would recommend to somebody that's trying to grow a business uh, become a bigger entrepreneur like you are networking with all these people all the time what would you say is like something that they should focus on right now that can exponentially help them grow. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking that. Um, I mean, I literally wrote my book to, because people are like, how the hell did you do this? You were making not that much money. Thanks. Thank you. This book right here, Epic Business. Yeah. And I'm like, well, how did you build a global company in such a short amount of time? Well, I'm like, well, this is how I did it. And so a lot of people write books and they're, it's BS. Like, again, if I do something, it's all in. So Chris Voss, who wrote Never Split the Difference, one of the top business books in the last 20 years, he did the foreword. And again, this 
book has changed a lot of people's lives because I, I think a lot of people want the life that I have and they want the type of business that my business is. And so this is how I did it. And so, you know, a, a key chapter in there to directly answer your question is um, when you start a business, it, it takes two full years to really figure things out. Um, and I say that because for the most part, I wrote this book to help people who are starting their business or thinking about starting it. And so I, I help mentor or talk to a lot of folks that are in, you know, right at the start and they're panicked, scared, which I totally understand. And um, I'm like, well, just it's not going to take six months or a year or 18 months. It's going to take two full years to really figure it out. And when I say that, it usually you can see it whether it's on a zoom call or in person and you just see them kind of calm down. And, uh, it's been a, it's been one of my mentors gave me one of those, you know, gave me that tip very early on. I've had mentors since the start of my company, 82% of businesses, business owners do not have mentors when they start 82% of business wow. owners do not have mentors when they start. That's crazy. Four fifths, which is the exact opposite should be zero percent. I don't use the word should a lot, but um, every business owner really needs to have a mentor from the start. Um, and it's a shockingly horrifying number that don't. Um, so yeah, it's a two year process, if not longer. And it's, you got to be patient. You got to give it time. And uh, yeah. I'm someone who has no patience <laughs> and high D, but I've learned to develop it in some capacity, because it just does take time. Yeah, no, that, so two nuggets that I took out of there. And again, for anybody listening that wants to become an entrepreneur, grow their business, grow their network, improve their brand, you guys are going to have to pick up this book and also listen to this podcast twice. But Justin <laughs> just shared right now, first, it's going to take time. It, it, yep. it takes time to build anything that is worth building. You can't build something overnight. It's going to take time. So understand that and don't get frustrated when it doesn't work out right away. And the second thing that he said, and both of these points again are in his book is you have to have a mentor or coach. He just shared 82% of businesses do not. And that is, so it's insane all thinking yeah that is such backwards thinking that is perhaps one of the most important investments that you should be making when you are starting a business and if you don't think of it that way and you think of it as cost you really need to shift that mentality because without that coaching without that mentorship you're really like a, a rudderless boat. You have no idea which direction you should be going and uh, it's going to make it a lot harder for you. So make sure you find a mentor or coach. And when you do come from the position of service or uh, don't go to them and be like, how can you help me? But always be like, okay, what can I do for you so that I might be able to work with you moving forward because I know when people approach me and ask me like, Hey, can you help me? I'm like, you know what? I, I honestly, I am very busy with my priorities. And if you're just 
coming to me with your hand out, like, I really, I don't have time for that. And so just always be coming from a position of how can I serve that person? And you're going to have a lot more success in attracting the mentors and leaders and coaches in your life that you are going to need to succeed moving forward. So, uh, yeah, Justin, thanks so much, man, for all of this time. I can't wait to continue on with our conversations and building our relationship. But uh, how can they, how can people, if they want to connect with you in more depth or hire your company, what are some of the ways that they can connect with you? Sure. Thank you for asking that. Uh, company's website is brepicllc.com. I don't know if you want to put that in the show notes, but yeah, we'll definitely I'll spell it out. B is in boy, yeah. R E, P is in pony, I, C is in cobra, llc.com, brepicllc.com. And then uh, I got about 22,500 followers on LinkedIn. And just follow me on LinkedIn, Justin Breen. So, Yes. So make sure you follow Justin on LinkedIn. He's putting out amazing content there. He's providing value for you. So please connect with him there. And if you want to reach out, find out more of what Brepic can do for you, go to his website, brepicllc.com. It'll be in the show notes as well, but make sure you check that out and please do yourself a favor. Epic Business by Justin Breen. Buy it wherever you can find, but it's on Amazon. That's where I got my copy. Make sure you guys get your copy as well. This is chalked full of universal truths to help you grow your business moving forward. So Justin, thank you again for the time. And guys, I hope you guys found value in this episode. If you did, please, comment, like, share this podcast with someone else that you know that is looking to grow and become better or is just on the journey because this podcast and this interview and the book is going to help you get there faster. And please, we appreciate you subscribing and also commenting. If you could write a comment with one of your takeaways, I will make sure to send you a copy of Justin's book directly to you. So please comment, like, share this, and we appreciate you for listening. Justin, thank you so much for your time, and we will see you guys next week on the Chicago Business Review. I'm Young Lee, your host, signing off for this week. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time, so I hope this was valuable to you. And if you're a new listener, then thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes on our Facebook group, Chicago Business Review. Just go to Facebook and search Chicago Business Review so that you can find out all the latest info on future podcasts, get all the show notes, and network with other highly successful and driven entrepreneurs and professionals in Chicago. Also, be sure to contact me while you're over there and share any feedback, questions, or guest recommendations you have as well. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.